Hi, this is Emily. And this is Maddie. And this is Spill the Mead. Spill the Mead. That's very sensual. Pitch <laughs> <laughs> the pot. The tea is hot. In part two. Yep. Oh, so it's hot. hot. Okay, so yeah, we're still talking about the childhood of Henry VIII. Mm-hmm. He was just a little Prince Henry. And in part one, we talked about like his family. We were setting the scene, talking about some pretenders. Um, they keep coming up because that never goes away, unfortunately. And we're just talking about like the big pretenders to the throne, too. Right. There's other ones going on. But this part, uh, again, I hope that other people think this is interesting. I am going to hit hard on like some of like the pageantry and like... Okay some of the rituals and like when you get handed titles like this like what you have to go through Ooh, kind of okay cool. i just personally think that that's that's really cool yeah. yeah so i hope you do too if not and this is your first couple episodes you're listening to try another one if you don't like this there you Give go. Us a yeah. chance. Mm-hmm. just yep. let us let us talk to you um but yeah here we go so we left off with Henry the Seventh just dumping titles on little baby Prince Henry because Perkin Warbeck is like, "Hello, I'm the Duke of York," and Henry He's the Seventh is like, it. "Well, I guess I'm pretty confused because I'm the King of England and you're not my son." So <laughs> and my son's the new guy. But S- nice try. So when little baby Henry is almost <laughs> two years old, oh, his dad starts dumping titles. He makes him. The Lord Wardren of the Clickports, oh, and that doesn't sound real, yeah, right? <laughs> and the Constable of Dover Castle. Obviously, okay. there are people standing in to do these actual jobs, but mm-hmm. like they're not getting the credit for it. He is, like you know, like this is what yep. he's doing. Yep. He was also made the Lord Marshal of England, the Lord Deputy of Ireland. He's two. Um, and on sep- uh, he's two. He's two. <laughs> and on September twelfth, fourteen ninety four, he's he's three now. Okay. Yeah. This started a really big little spree for our little three year old prince on these rituals and yeah. titles he was okay. about to get. So he was made a knight of the bath on October thirty first. Now, if we remember, he was made the Earl Marshal of England and Lord Deputy of Ireland in September. Okay. This is October now. Ooh. And so now he is going to be made a Knight of the Bath on October 31st and then turn right around in the next day on November 1st. Oh, Jesus. He's going to be made the Duke of York. He's three. This is huge. Yep. So let's talk about what this little three-year-old went through during these ceremonies because it's a lot. So Henry VII, his dad, was literally weaponizing glittering pageantry to make a fucking point to this bullshit pretender, Perkin Warbeck, Mm -hmm. that like... I have a fucking second son, and I'm getting ready to smack you all in the face with them. Like, you're yeah. going to know him, mm-hmm. you're going to see him. No Let's one's going to forget my mm-hmm. baby Henry. Yep. And this ceremony is, it's a lot. The, the Knights of the Bath, the Knights of the Most Honorable Order of the Bath, should I say, is the most prestigious order of chivalry in all of England. 
Like, okay. this is a huge deal. And the ceremony is a lot. It's a lot for a full grown ass man. And this toddler has to go through it. They're not modifying it for him. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're going to be made the same, you know, same title as everyone else. You're going to do yep. all the same shit. So his poor staff, <laughs> like poor little baby Henry's staff oh, had to like train him for this, had yeah. to like, you know, he can't fuck this up. This is yeah. going to come back on them. Like, ah. And so him, you've like worked in childcare, like yeah. teaching a little three-year-old, like. No. Oh my God. No. Like, yeah. Again, I imagine you like doing this job. Like if you lived in two years, times, yeah. you know, like I can see and you doing And stress into the max. And just stress into this. the max. Cause this just like absolutely so- reflects you. you yeah. Know, the job and you gotta you like get the three-year-old to behave. That's not happening. No. And if it is, it's cause you scared him. Yeah. Cause you scared him. That's not good. So this whole ordeal was going to take place in Westminster first. Okay. And so... Westminster is just absolutely huge, intimidating, right? And there were other people being knighted too. And he had to, so not only did his staff have to prepare him for like, hi, you're three and you're in this giant area with these like dark ceilings and it's loud and rah, you know, but like you also, he has to recite oaths. Oh my God. He has to stand still for like long periods, like hours at a time. No, he has no room for bathroom breaks. None of that. He has to hold a tiny little sword and he has to wear his little, his little robes. Oh, it's, tiny it's boy, a no. lot. A this very is too much. Thing. No, yeah, the, the whole thing uh, just, the whole thing starts in a big way. So how this whole thing kicks off is a little three-year-old Henry is sitting there at Eltham Palace with his mom and his sisters, you know. Messengers arrive at the palace to summon the tiny little Henry to the ceremonies. Been like, hello, sir. You are going to <laughs> young be made sir, young, the young, young, of the young bath, sir. and now you must come. And he's like, what? I, I can't read. And they're like, it's okay. He's like, I We're don't take know you. how to poop on the potty yet. Nope. But, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, these messengers arrive in the early morning, and by three o'clock that afternoon, everything's packed up, and little three year old Henry is on a war horse. Oh, on his own. On his own. He is a By himself? By himself. Is this, someone holding the reins no. and pulling? No. Good. Good. He is good, 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 on, good, good. Yeah. Good. Oh, everyone was like nightmare. blown away by this. Like this little three. Picture a three-year-old in your life right now, everyone listening. Oh, no. Three years old sitting on a literal war horse with his little legs over the pony, holding the reins, riding through the streets of London, surrounded by all this nobility. And again, everyone is sitting there like, this kid is like commanding this horse. Like no one's doing it's not like someone's guiding it on the right no that's what i'm saying like i was like so someone's like pulling it along right like it's like a little pony ride at the fair right yeah no this is dangerous but impressive but dangerous Mm -hmm. and like his little horsemanship was known his it was um shown in the expenses of the household that henry the seventh bought him a horse when he was three years old Wow. And he just learned, learned how At to three ride years it. old, three my years daughter old. was dressing up in her hot dog costume and singing her own rendition of Hot Dog, Hot Diggity Dog from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Fucking icon. <laughs> That's what she was doing. Fucking icon. Dude. It was amazing. It was to be absolutely, clear. absolutely <laughs> monumental. And so he is going to like make his way into London on this war horse. And then he gets there and like now he's there for the ceremony. And so the next day, 
he's going to do the first part of the ceremony with all the other people being knighted, and that is when they all serve the king a small private dinner because this is like a big deal. It's a formality and an honor to serve mm-hmm. the king the most important meal of the day. And it right? is mac and cheese and dino chicken nuggies. <laughs> and, nuggies. Three. Oh my <laughs> and chocolate milk. <laughs> That's what he with a curly straw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what he wants. Yeah. But he, didn't, the, he didn't know he wanted that because it didn't exist yet. That's what he wants. No, he goes scream at it because it's the wrong color. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. You. Yeah. you didn't cut my sandwiches into three triangles. Get Screw fucked. you. Yeah. And so this whole serving the king, his dad, dinner is is definitely the easiest part of this whole thing. But there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of peasantry that goes yeah. into this. So he, he didn't have to, like, bring in any of the food or, like, pour anything or anything like that. He's okay. Pretty, he just like a little waiter. And now his big his big moment was he was gonna take part in the washing of the king's hands before and after the meal. That was his moment. <laughs> and so he yeah. And so <laughs> someone else held the basin, you know, like mm-hmm. the big basin. Uh-huh. And then the king came over and he dipped his fingers and rinsed them in the water and he like flicked them off, you know, yeah. there. And then he held his hands out and then here comes tiny Henry. <laughs> and he come walking very bashfully over with a with a dimension mask towel and he offers it to the king to dry his hands and then the king daddy daddy king would Mm -hmm. take the hand and then he would dry his little fingers and he held it back to tiny baby and then little baby henry would bob his little head and then he backed away very slowly and cautiously and then he stood back there with the towel and he immediately looks around to like make sure that he did everything right and oh. look for like you know some some reassurance yeah. that he did good and also a clue on what comes next. Yes, yeah. I don't know. Oh God, now what? Now what? Dad's fingers are dry. Yeah. Now what? But he did very very good. Yeah. And that was the first step. And so now he's on to kind of the harder parts. Okay. Is Dad gonna like the chicken nuggies? Oh man. Now we'll know. Know. The chicken nuggies are are <laughs> done and over with. We're moving oh. on to like oh, scary nighttime stuff. Oh shit. Okay. So there oh, is so this is called the knights of the bath right why yeah well because of this next part right here the whole thing with the knights of the bath is this huge ritual that you take part in and it's this cleansing ritual right so three-year-old baby henry with his red red hair in the middle of the dark dark silent stillest hours of the night oh jesus was ushered in to the king's chamber and this huge room this huge drafty room it's open it's cold it's october you know Mm -hmm. and he walks into this room and he sees a royally dressed that's a quote barrel was sitting there waiting for him okay and this barrel is a bath in fact and it's not just one bath it is 22 royal royally dressed barrels for the 22 other knights being created there's a group of them oh so there is a row of royally dressed barrels 22 of them in this dark cold drafty room row by row lined up through the parliament chamber in the king's Mm -hmm. apartments so just to say it because i looked it up and i saw the info i don't know row by row through the parliament chamber two guys had theirs in the queen's closet instead of the parliament chamber the queen's closet's a big deal. It's not like a closet of clothes. It's like a private room. Like, royal weddings are held there a lot of the time. Henry VIII oh, okay. is going to marry a few of his wives in the queen's closet, you know. Oh, gotcha. Um, it's not like an actual closet. No, no. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a private room. I don't know if they just ran out of room. 
I, I don't yeah. think it was more important that they were in there is what I'm getting at because yeah. Henry was out there with the rest of them and I think they would have put Henry in the private room. Obviously, he's gotcha. going first on all of this. You know, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. a fucking prince. But anyways, two guys, it was in the queen's closet. For some reason. There, there was them. For some apparent reason. Um, now, these barrels are dressed with really fine linens and then over the linens, they're covered with these thick mantles and carpets to like help protect against like the October night and then the warm water is put over that. So you're like sitting on this wet carpet, which I, I would hate that. Hate, right? Oh, I've seen wet that recently in some show. I don't oh, know what God. it is, but in a in a recent show, I saw that where like there was cloths in the no, bath, and no, I was like, no, no, I no, no, no. hate that I know. shit. And they did that because it's like metal or whatever, like wet clothes. Ooh, oh. yeah, no, and it's like sticking to you no, as you no, get no, out, no, and no, like no. we hate it. Hate oh, it. That's a sensory overload issue. Hate it. Don't I. Like it was on a year-round swim team for like seven eight nine years how many years a, mo- a lot a lo- big chunk of my childhood yeah and we would have to do this thing where we would put uh, i wouldn't because i didn't do it but where we put on like sweatshirts like hoodie sweatshirts and swim in them for like the drag and we do like relays and stuff and so you'd like get out and like take the sweatshirt off and put it on the next person i couldn't fucking do it because wet clothes touching like torture yeah no i I can't no one else torture tactic no one else had a problem yeah Yeah. i just like fucking cannot handle it so that sounds different but the only because again little henry He's going to be a knight of the bath. He has to do all the stuff that the knight of the bath do. Mm-hmm. But the only difference for little Henry in this whole thing was all of the other knights had their facial hair shaved and their heads rounded, meaning they just had a little, you know, nice little trim, nice little haircut. Yeah. Um, and they were all clean shaven, but, you know, he's three. So, uh, yeah, I would be c- very concerned about his hormones if there was something already grown on his yeah, little no, face. No, no. So uh, they, they did not. Maybe they trimmed up the hair. I don't know. But they, yeah. they didn't do, like, the shaving stuff. See, that, that was the only in difference. of itself, giving a three-year-old a haircut is a feat in of itself. Right, but he just no, had to he's sit just, there. he's letting And it's all ceremonial, you know? So he just has to, like, sit there and be silent. For like, so long. God. He has no Cocoa Melon to watch no. on his tablet. The, no, nothing. None of that. Yeah, None nothing. of that. He has no little poppets. Nothing. Yeah. He's no just sitting spin. there yeah, in the dark. So the little, the little three-year-old Henry walks in and sees his tub sitting there. And, you know, a little naked three-year-old, like, awkwardly clamors <laughs> oh. in the little tub. And he sits in. And he bathes or splish splashes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then... He's given his royal duckies. <laughs> and then enters the Earl of Oxford in the Chamberlain of England. One guy. It's all one guy. Mm-hmm. And he comes up to the tub with the little guy in there, and then he reads this formal creed that each knight must live by. This was called an advertisement, and it huh. sounded a little something like this. It said, Be ye strong in the faith of the Holy Church, steadfast and abiding in a word, manly protector unto the Holy Church, and widows and maidens oppressive to relieve. As right commands, give ye to one each own with all thy mind. Above all things, love and dread God. Above all other earthly things, love the King and Sovereign Lord. Him and his right to defend unto thy power before all worldly things and put him up in worship. Did that make any sense to you? Probably not. And... Little three-year-old Henry was, was probably say, like, uh, uh, this uh, is a lot for him to commit to when he is a literal toddler. Uh, right. Yeah. And, like, he he did not 
fully realize what he was getting into there. No. But, you know, uh, the, the guy ended the the creed, and he nodded and agreed to it. And, okay. You know, um, it, it's a bit ironic because essentially what this is saying, like, you know, love God above all the earthly things, but love the king, you know as like the earthly things kind of thing okay. and henry the eighth is one day going to take that to like a whole different oh a whole different yeah thing. but little baby did not know what what he was getting no but he did not see the foreshadowing he did not see the irony and all of that yeah. and so he agrees to this weird mumbo jumbo of words okay that neither of us really understood there no. and then out of the darkness steps the thin tall frame of his father with his fine, pronounced facial features glowing in this golden candlelight, you know, because it's very dark in this room. Spooky spooks. And then, as is ritual for all of the nights that night, because he doesn't get any special treatment other than he doesn't have his face shaved, the king dipped his hands into the bathwater and then made the sign of the cross with one finger on the little baby's tiny right shoulder. And then he bent down and kissed the mark. And that is what he does to everybody. Okay. Everyone he, like, you've cleansed yourself in this bath. The king dips his fingers in. He makes a cross on your right shoulder. He kisses it. Weird. But then okay. he It's did, cute with your son. With, he he added a else. little flair, too, because he did say some sweet little reassurances to his little baby son. Oh. And he must have been, like, so proud, you know. But yeah. he couldn't linger. This is all very, you know, yeah. realistic. So he did, like, move on to all of the others and did all of that. And so little Henry sat there and waited for all the other 22 people, you know. Mm -hmm. this little splish splash bath then after the bathing ritual little henry was taken out of this bath bath with help from his governors of course because he's three he's tiny boy yeah i I would imagine that like these governors weren't the women from the nursery because there's like naked men in this room and like that would not have been a thing at this time um so i don't know how well he knew these people because his household was of women so i'm not sure who's helping him here but someone is so they take him out of the cold dark midnight bath and then they get him all dressed in these really coarse robes that scratch your skin all up because Catholic and you have to, you know, yeah. punish yourself. Suffer. So they get him all dressed in those. And then he has to process silently through the dark palace of Westminster with its super high ceilings, which again, it's dark. Think of how dark and scary this is. Yeah. It's this labyrinthing like corridors, like all the footsteps echoing off this little three-year-old. He's like leading the way, right? So they're walking all the way over to St. Stephen's Chapel because they've they've got to pray for a while. Of course. In silence. So they're Mm. praying for a couple hours and here's sweet little three-year-old Henry going through it. Then, and this is the moment when Henry, deep in his soul, was like, Screw the church. Screw the church. I'm done. Yeah, I'm like, and not festered in him yeah, for like, many years. Kind of seems like if I was in charge of the church, I would, I wouldn't have to do this shit right now. Bitches, right now, and I'm uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, still playing with my duckies in my bath. So what the fuck? So then they pray for a bit, and then after that. He was probably already given a little golden coin to pay the sergeant of the royal confectionery because at some point you have to eat, right? Huh. So little baby, three-year-old Henry, go and he put the, the coin, coin into the sergeant of the royal confectionery. Like, mm-hmm. what a fucking cool title. In his hand. And then he gets some spiced cake to snack on. And, okay. And well, some wine. And this 
<laughs> like, okay, cause I know yeah. that we always say swallow the ick, right? Yeah. But, like, I legitimately don't get this one. Like, and if there is someone out there who, like, you know, like, you have studied this or you have any kind of, like, light to shed on this, like, I, was everyone just, like, a little drunk, drunk always? all the time. Or no. Like, how or did every child not up? have fetal alcohol syndrome? Exactly. You know, like, was he, like, maybe he just sipped on it, but then they couldn't really drink the water. So were the kids drinking wine or ale? Yeah. Like, what were they, did you just go straight they from breast milk? drink water, right? Right? But like, but, like, water made people sick so often right. because, like, where are you getting your water from? Exactly. Rivers? Yeah. Wells? Yeah. Where there's bacteria? Yeah. And, like, in everywhere you look up, it says, like, no, back in the day, they drank ale because you couldn't drink the water. But, like, but the kids. Or was the ale, yeah. like, was it weakened? And so you weren't, like, It was, like, just enough face? alcohol to make it so you wouldn't get sick. Yeah. But, like, yeah, but you couldn't stay hydrated off of alcohol. Alcohol right. dehydrates you. That's the thing. And then, like, as we mentioned in part one, like, the turn spits. They got all the ale they could drink because they couldn't drink the water. So you're sitting. I in front was of thinking. I was like, that doesn't fire? sound very hydrating. Yeah, just like to be drinking honest. beer. Like I, serious question. If anyone out there knows, please fucking write in and let us know because yes. I like genuinely just. Oh, I'm so curious. But anyways, all accounts say that the little Henry did this. Maybe he just took some sips because it's like it was ritual. I don't know, but he gets his little spice cake. He gets his wine. Okay, sorry. Just from a quick Google search, it does say that they would, like, mix their water with wine. Okay. Okay. Because of their fear of contracting disease from just the water alone. Okay. But that was, again, very quick. This article looks like it's really good, so I'll read that later. Yeah, no, that's... that's Bookmarking that one. Yeah, no, that that's something, though. Like, okay, so, like, they watered it down a lot. Because, again, yeah, they just exactly. don't... It's, it's kind of like how people say, like... Smoking weed in the 60s was way different than smoking it now kind of yeah. thing. Like, maybe just back in the day, it was, like, a little more... Because I could pure? see... Like, I, yeah, I don't well, know. I, I see don't people, know. like, growing such a tolerance to alcohol because you've been drinking it literally your entire life. Yeah. So, like, it would take quite a bit to get drunk. But again, like, the fetal alcohol syndrome. Yeah, how did you... How did how not, do you avoid that? Everyone like, had that. Yeah, right. And, like, or, yeah, how, like... How are you not getting dehydrated? Like, this shouldn't be hydrating you that much. We were talking about the um, confinement process in part one, too. Oh, my God. And, like, part of the... Before the uh, women would go into confinement, you do all these rituals and stuff. And part of it was drinking, like, the spiced wine and stuff. Like, how yeah. is that amniotic fluid just not straight alcohol? Exactly. Like, yeah. Or was there, like, different alcohol that you were drinking for festivals to, like, fucking party? And then there was other like like weekend weekend like it's just got teeny's bit just to make yeah. it so you don't get sick God, I don't. i'm gonna read that article i'm gonna read so much more like Please oh my do. gosh but if I you're an expert if wondered. you just like know that oh my god did you do like us. your thesis on this like please can, fucking tell, like i know so of great. a thesis i can read about this because yeah, i'll read it yeah please. this is one of those things i'll read i'll dig god yeah so anyways he ate the cake he drank the wine and then in the gorgeous and dramatically lit with just so many fucking candles in this chapel with these blue and gold painted walls and ceilings just Ooh. everywhere bouncing off this candlelight oh my god the knights henry included kept vigils on their knees for hours a oh couple hours god. at a time this so is torture henry. for a little baby and then after they kept vigils on their knees 
all of them had to confess to a chaplain. My soul. My soul, Emily. What was he confessing? What, what, oh. I'm like, what did he say? Did they tell him what to say? I don't know. I hit my sister. Yeah. But yeah. did he? It, so he did. He confessed to one something. of the 13 chaplains on, on him that night. And then he had to hear another high mass after that. This is going all night. He's three. And so then they were finally at this point allowed to go back to sleep in their cold beds because you still have to be punished here because Catholic. So you have to go back to sleep in your cold beds for like a couple hours before dawn. And then at dawn, someone comes in and wakes up this sweet little three-year-old baby. And it's a group of nobles. And they're like, hey, get up. We've got to dress you like super quickly. Here's your shirt. Here's your robes. We got to fucking go. Are they hazing literally that's what it seems like so they like throw him on on this horse because two by two the knights of the bath have to ride into westminster hall and like i picture like westminster hall now and like horses riding inside of it you know yeah that that is like really wild to think Yeah. yeah that's so crazy and little henry was right in the front leading the way because he's the prince Gosh, him and his horsies. Him and his horsies. Had a boy. And a sweet baby. And to um, say exactly what this looks like, we have a contemporary source who was there that day to like shed shed some light. Um, so this contemporary source says that the Lord William Courtney bore the Lord Henry, that's Prince Henry, his little sword and spurs, and the pommel of the sword was upward. When he alighted from his horse. So he, so sweet little baby Henry is sitting up on his horse. But then he has like the sword and the spurs. But they have to present the sword to him hilt up, you know. Because yeah. that's how all, all the Knights of the Bath take it. So there the Earl of Oxford took the sword and the spurs and presented the right spur to the king. Who commanded the Duke of Buckingham to put it at the right heel of the little Lord Henry, and likewise the left spur of the Marquis of Dorset. So he has two nobles putting each spur on one little tiny yeah. foot. And then the king girded his sword about him, and after he dubbed him a knight in the manner accustomed, this is where Henry the Seventh broke tradition again he was so proud of his sweet baby son that he picked him up and he set him up on the table oh and like cute. was like here's my little tiny knight oh. <laughs> you know and like because he was so proud of that's him. cute he like made it I through a that. lot of this you know and Good like little henry little this baby, is hard he got his little spurs put on and he knelt and he got the sword tap tap and then his daddy pick him up and yeah. set him on the table with his little sword oh my god and gosh. it was over and he fucking nailed it three years old and good for him that was october 31st and it's the middle of the night he's usually asleep until now now this is morning but yeah he has not had his allotted 12 hours no no so poor babe he's gonna take a tiny breather because the next day no this is a whole different ceremony and in fact the next day november 1st was a big day for the whole entire royal court because it was the feast of all hollows so mm. they decided to make this day the Duke of York Day as well oh, for King Henry. Okay. Let's just make it a whole big thing. So let's talk about how this ceremony goes after oh that whole fucking gosh, thing. Gosh, you've got to give him more of a break than that. The poor little skin's all scratched up. Yes. Like, he's, you know, he got, he's going through it. The most boring it. bath of his life. Yeah. So now this one 
is all focused on him. No other 22 people, it's just him. So this is going to take place in the parliament chamber. So the parliament chamber is all done up for a little three-year-old Henry. There's this big dais set up in the middle with a canopy of cloth of gold over it, and all levels of nobility are standing around it. And the king Henry VII is standing up on this dais, just waiting with all mm -hmm. this nobility around. And then from a window to chamber hidden high above, there was Elizabeth of York and Margaret Beaufort sitting, sitting, watching on, praying that the child does not disgrace himself now in front of all of these people, nobles, he done religious enough? leaders. There's Gosh. fucking commoners there. Is he going to blow it right now? He's exhausted from the day before. He better not. And so the procession starts. So one man, the garter of the king of arms, starts leading the way. And he has all of the documents that the king's going to read out to mm -hmm. make the Duke of York. And then another noble is behind him carrying a rich sword with the hilt upmost again. You have mm -hmm. to have the hilt pointing up when you're doing these things. And then another noble behind him carrying the, sta the staff of gold, you know, like the little golden robs, mm -hmm. you know. And then another noble carrying the ermine cap of the estates with the duke's coronet on it. So the, here comes the crown. And then another noble behind them carrying the little Henry. He Aww. doesn't even have to walk this time. He's Thank very God. He's, he's very tired. tired. So this noble gently set him down. And on the beginning of it all. And then two other very high-ranking nobles then helped the little tiny Henry walk down the chamber and stopped him right before the king, his dad. So here's little okay, three-year-old. Yep, next to the big talking. He's doing great. And he's standing there. And then all of the legal papers were read aloud. Little baby just standing there listening, mm -hmm. doing very good, probably looking around a little bit. Yeah. And then the king bestowed the sword in his little tiny hands and then he put the little gold cap on his head and the rod in his other hand and everyone stood back and said all hail the duke of york here he is and then he walked out of the chamber and with his <laughs> mom just beaming and he carrying all the heavy stuff oh, crown, and he boy. leaves and then everyone moves it on back to saint stephen's chapel for a high mass because religion was oh life. my god this is hell Rel Religion this is was life. And what's crazy is like back then they were probably like, fuck yeah, mass. You know, we're like, now we're like, oh, oh God. God. Mass and now? After all that, after all that, like that was so tedious. Yeah. Like all this poor boy, it's so tedious. It so tedious. And now mass? And now mass after oh, that to geez, celebrate. Louise. I mean, I enjoyed the historical aspect i wanted to hear all that but like i couldn't imagine being a three-year-old and having to do all that oh for that sure. sounds terrible even like the being my age now and going through all that oh my gosh lot, i'd be so dude. bored and then like my adhd around. brain i'd be like oh my god and you're then... gonna have to do something can i have like an airpod in and listen to something <laughs> <laughs> can i listen to a podcast no, like, like, I, can't. I can't do this no something really interesting we're gonna jump like a little bit ahead okay it's some gossiping speculation time i have no fucking idea what this is but it's so interesting so this whole ceremony this whole duke of york ceremony mm -hmm. at some point in king henry the eighth's life when he was king when he is a whole ass adult he gets somebody to bring up the official report of this day because obviously there's some herald off in the corner writing down every right. single thing yeah. that's going on he gets those documents pulled and brought to him and 
he makes a note in the margin of it and it says it, it reiterates that as a child he carried this rod of gold with him see here when i was a child i carried the rod of gold myself down the aisle also he noted in the corner he went on to clarify the difference in roles between two different courtiers that I didn't see listed in this ceremony at all. So he so he calls for this document. He writes all of this in there. The roles being disputed where he clarified the roles of the Lord Treasurer of England and the other was the Treasurer of the household, but of, of his time then, like of his adult life now. Why? I don't what? know. What? What the fuck was that? Well, yeah, what was he thinking? People when he didn't did like amend things that often. So no. not only and did, like was... again, it wasn't accurate to like when it, that event was happening, and he went and wrote it. Like it yeah. was to when he was currently. Yeah. Like by the way, when I was a child, I was created the Duke of York, and I held all of these things in my hands myself. And also, here is like the actual rules between the Lord Treasury of England and the Treasurer of the Household. What the heck? And like to have this document like brought out for that reason, that's yeah. like a big deal. Like what Yeah, was that, that like took a lot of time to probably like find that and yeah. get it all together and get like, it over with there. Like that's just a choice. For him to make this weird, like God. pedantic, like, no, why? It's so weird. It's so fucking weird. How old was he when he did that? Do we know? We don't know. But he was like a full he was the king. You no, know, just like what mental state was he in when he decided decided to do that because what an odd thing yeah like where was he in his adult life do you mean Mm -hmm. like yeah no i'm not sure and he like he had like a very bad he was quick to anger in his later life but he never like he wasn't like delusional no yeah no okay then yeah yeah, so i don't know i don't know he had a purpose behind it we just don't know what it is we'll never know but it it was give us shoot us your best guess if you've got one god if you do yeah it's like how fucking interesting is that but anyways um because drama i do have to mention one more dramatic thing that happened that day because i found it in a contemporary source and this is a drama podcast so here we go um apparently on the way back to the chapel so after he was made the duke of york and he walks his little tiny self with his little rod and his little crown and his little robies and he walks back and so then they're all getting ready to process to the chapel for Mm -hmm. that mass right right apparently there were four noblemen who were just loudly arguing about the order of precedence and what order they were supposed to walk in and we're supposed to do this and you need to be behind me but you need to blah 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 and finally henry the seventh fucking goes over there and yells at them he's like everyone just fucking stand there and figure shit out because we have to go to mass right now yeah. and then they all kind of shut up that and like so excited for yeah and like yeah and they all like argued about it interesting because then so much later on in life he goes back and writes in the margin like you know, this is like what the Lord Treasurer of England does. And this is what the Treasurer of the yeah. like The four people that day were arguing over who stands where. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if those could, two things if go it together. could have anything to do with each yeah. other. Maybe not, but maybe. So weird. So weird. Anyways, they went to mass. So they were at mass for God knows how long. And then they all went back through Westminster Hall in procession with a noble carrying the poor exhausted baby in his arm to a fucking celebration feast. It's not 
over. He has to sit through this whole feast, and he's oh the Duke gosh. of York, and so he's sitting at this table, and everyone's coming up and, like, thanking him for, like, throwing on this feast that, like, his dad clearly did, you know? Yeah. And he's just sitting there, like, doing all these formalities and stuff, oh and he's just gosh. three. It's been just, like, 50 hours so of just long. straight hell yeah. at this point. And then after dinner was finally over sweet little three-year-old henry got to go back to his goddamn nursery and go the fuck to sleep because yeah all of the hard parts were over and now it's the fun part of just entertainments yay the king had all sorts of entertainments like planned for his son like they had a three-day joust tournament planned and a little henry was so excited because he had never seen a joust before oh yay and this is Fun. really pivotal moment in his life because jousting oh man is gonna he, be he, he loved jousting he loved it oh. he had never seen it before the first one he ever saw was for his celebration of the Duke that of is cool and so he goes in there and he's sitting next to his mom and dad in the grandstands and these grandstands are just completely decorated like to the nines they have these blue tapestries with gold fleur-de-lis all mm. over them which is like my fucking vibe yeah and this little three-year-old is up there and just like wiggling and squirming like with excitement because like oh my gosh this is happening and all the people and looking at the lists you know like seeing this whole like thing you've never seen this before and it's all for you you know and so the knights come riding in with their full armor and all their horses are dressed in the Tudor green and white with tiny little bells like weaved into their manes and they come like prancing in and he's watching them like come flying out of Westminster Hall you know and he's just like "Ah!" finally something fun yeah And then after that came the challengers and the challengers must have been extra exciting because they came out wearing the duke of york's colors which were tawny <gasps> brown and blue yeah tawny brown's like orangish brown i had to look okay, that up yeah. i didn't know yeah um, i didn't know either yeah, so actually. it's like an orangey brown color and blue and they come riding out in his colors and he's just losing he's like, his mind yeah. and they're all like putting up their lances to him like cute. little duke of york we're your, this we're is your for team you. buddy yeah oh, oh, and his five-year-old sister margaret was going to be presenting all the prizes okay for cute. everything at the end of this the three is days. very cute now oh and he is just watching these jousters go and like joustings no fucking joke i i don't know how many people have been able to watch jousting in their life if you have watched it it was probably very controlled and it was not what it was like oh it was then. absolutely more of like an act than it yeah. was like oh for real trying to fuck people up like Oh, the thunder of Get full in the head speed and, yeah. war horses, like, running at each other. Like, if you've ever heard a horse run, like, up close, like, it's a lot. Someone's got, like, just a stick, like, ready to, like, oh my hit God. you so fucking like, hard in your shoulder. The metal. Well, you have 50 pounds of clanging metal everywhere like the horses have metal the men have metal like these lances are crashing into like splintering everywhere like oh they're like destroying people's like helmets shields fucking bodies everywhere and like he's just sitting up there like 
oh my god and he's like and it's not just jousting this is a whole tournament yeah you know? so we have like There's the more. armored combat going on yeah and like, ugh. and again emily and i with our uh blessed lives that we live we get mm-hmm. to see armored combat at least mm-hmm. once a year yeah so of great. people fighting in this style and like it is it's awkward and it's heavy and it's loud and it's brutal like it's armor scary. No yeah joke. and we know that like that's not they don't plan it out it's not like no it's choreographed at no, all but no. like and that's scary enough oh, but yeah. here people aren't like just hitting i don't know like quite as hard or like ruthlessly i guess right as yeah. they would have then no no like this is a uh, like people like died <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know, this is crazy yeah and this is the first time the little henry is seeing this and this is such a life changing moment because this mm-hmm. is a sport that he's going to fall in love with and it's going to have a huge impact on his life Anne Boleyn's life every other wife he had everyone that actually comes into contact with Henry VIII mm-hmm. like in his later life like jousting is such yeah. a big part of it. it goes back to that brain injury and so the the chivalry and respect of this tournament is something that like that passion was just ignited that day like his eyes got wide and he was just like in love with it from there on out and it was the joust all in his honor like it's it's still very very sweet so he makes it through all of that and he's still getting titles thrown at him for like the next few years um and so he he was made like knight of the garter like again he's getting all of these a bunch of stuff a whole bunch of stuff and so that brings us to his first public duty that he has to perform. Because again, Henry VII is like, I have two sons. I mm-hmm, have two. Let's all remember. Here's the second one. He's the Duke of York. He's going to go to his first public duty because he has them. And it is to administer a royal grant of charter to an abbot and convent of Glastonbury, Somerset. Okay. So that's what he's going to do. He is going to go, and he's a little older at this time, still a child, but he's going to go and he's going to oversee the administration of this royal grant. Now, <laughs> in part one, when I said, oh, there's like some irony, like he was probably going to go into a religious career. That's yeah. ironic. Yeah. Um, this first public duty is extremely ironic because the abbot and convent of Glastonbury Somerset would be an abbey that would end up being suppressed during the dissolution of monasteries under King Henry VIII of England. And the last abbot at this place where he was at, he had him hanged, drawn, and quartered as a traitor. And little little Henry and everyone watching that day would have had no idea while he's giving this substantial charter of money to this abbey he's overseeing all of that facilitating it even yeah and then you know glimpse into 30 oh years in the future gosh. and like he's going to Could have you imagine like the way they would have like been like what completely <laughs> like how opposite of like the vibes of that day never yeah. predicted no 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 so in 1497 when he's six years old another big big thing happens and this is going to be his first memory actually oh, that people have, like, have recorded like oh, a lot of this happened i'm sure that you know he'd be like oh yeah okay i remember being i guess vaguely and like, you can yeah. like force it like you're i don't know you're also like is that just my imagination or my right memory? yeah like, yeah 
this is like a memory that he, he would remembers. recall. Yeah. And this is his earliest one. And this is this is a big thing. So it's going to be the Battle of Blackheath, which would take place in present day Southeast London. And this would have been terrifying for a six-year-old. Again, uh, yeah, a battle? Like, yeah. Jesus, I didn't think that would be his first memory is a fucking battle. A fucking battle. And so, I mean, if you're going to go through a battle as a six-year-old, then yeah, that's going to be your first memory. But like, that, that's just not what I was expecting for you to say. I don't oh, know yeah. what I was expecting, but right not that. Here? No, not that. So this huge battle breaks out in the middle of fucking London because... People don't want Henry VII on the throne. Yeah. It's just, it's an issue when you win the crown in battle, right? And so this is a fight between the Cornish army and Henry VII. And the Cornish army scared Henry VII because, I mean, this is a big army. Again, mm-hmm. this is a whole fucking area of, mm-hmm. of the country that is coming. They have enough fucking balls and support to storm London that to try to get him out of fine. there. Mm-hmm. So London is panicking. Elizabeth is like, oh, fuck, I've got to like take my kids and go. Mm-hmm. So she takes Henry and his sisters to the tower for their safety. Yeah. And like the tower, you know, it is a, it is a fortified, mm-hmm. you know, palace essentially and so they are all in there listening they can hear it they can hear battling like raging through it all the anxiety little henry sitting there probably wondering what's going on what are you going to tell him you're going to tell him like these are people who are trying to get your dad like i mean Mm -hmm. he knows he knows what's going on to an extent and like he knows what's going on in the world people around him are talking about it all the time again the fear and paranoia that would have, like, you're sitting with your mom and your sisters listening to people die and scream. And That's fires trauma right there. That's because trauma. People yeah. don't want your family on yeah. their own. Like, this is how bad they don't. Like, armies are coming after you always. And that fear and paranoia is something that he would recall forever. That feeling, when you're that little, like, and you get big feelings like that, you're never going to forget how scary no. that was. Oh, you my know? gosh. Meanwhile, as if this whole fucking battle wasn't enough, Perkin Warbeck is still on his bullshit, right? Perkin, get the fuck out of here, bro. He went away for a little while, but now he's back. And he lands in Cornwall. Remember that Cornish Mm. army? He lands there in September. So, oh my God, he. The Battle of Blackheath took place in June. This is September. Okay, because it never fucking ends no. so Perkin Warbeck gets to Cornwall raises a fucking army rallied 8,000 Jesus Christ 8,000 Cornish soldiers to this cause it's not good no. this is so bad you know it never fucking stops the anxiety everyone must have had like no, Jesus yeah. and they battle it out for a fucking month and finally Perkin Warbeck surrenders in October and he eventually gets executed for treason because my fucking god you have to it's, it's time another to be one done. of those things like, where you went too far it's like Perkin you have your own story and I know that you know you have a side and I'm not saying that like you're bad or anything or wrong like that or but again anything, but you're reading Henry the Seventh's book and stuff and you're like you're gonna have to fucking kill this guy dude. yeah like, like and there's several he keeps causing issues people keep dying because of him yep. and the little battles he's trying to start and like shit like you mm, have to you have to do for it for the greater good he finally gets you know he surrenders he's going to be executed for treason meanwhile the royal family is at 
Sheen Palace and Saray for Christmas and the fucking royal apartments catch on fire and burn to the fucking ground. What? Yeah, it's some shit. Like, it's just random. Yeah, it, it just caught on fire and burned to the ground. It was nothing malicious. It just happened. Um, well, which is bad luck. It is really bad luck. Um, Sheen Palace would be rebuilt by Henry VII and be renamed as Richmond Palace. Richmond Palace, going back to um, his roots for like the Earl of Richmond and everything. Right, okay. Ooh. Um, Richmond Palace is a really big palace for the Tudors. Like Anne had been there. Um, I I believe Ooh. Elizabeth the first um, died there. Like oh, oh Richmond's a huge palace, so yeah. it's interesting. I didn't realize that it um, was built from a fire that burnt the fucking world yeah. to the ground when the family. But it's was really there. significant, yeah. super significant. So um, all of this shit's going on. It's the pretenders left and right, you know. And yeah, coming out of the woodworks. Yeah, and meanwhile, like Henry's just off living his life, getting ushered around. But we do, again, it's hard to find contemporary information about him, but we do get a really good source about what little 10 year old Henry mm-hmm. was like by a Dutch scholar named Erasmus, who would go oh. on to know Henry quite well. He was also friends with Thomas More. And so he gives an account of meeting all of the Tudor children at Eltham Palace in the summer of 1499. Okay. And so this would have been 1499. So I'm sorry, he wasn't 10 at the time, but he was he was a child, right? Yeah. So um, I can give you the exact words that Erasmus used to describe this meeting of, of the Tudor children here in the summer. So he says, When we came into the hall at Eltham, the attendants not only of the palace, but also of Mountjoy's household were assembled. Mountjoy was one of Henry's um, tutors. Oh, okay. So you know. um, in the midst stood Prince Henry, then nine years old. I was close. I can't, I can't math very well most of the time. <laughs> uh, nine years old and having something of royalty in his demeanor in which there was a certain dignity combined with Ooh. singular courtesy yeah. in a nine-year-old. On his right was Margaret, about 11 years of age, and on his left played Mary, a child of four. Ooh. And Edmund was there, an infant in his nurse's arms. Okay. So... Erasmus goes on to say that even though he was, um, Henry was young at the time, he just had something in him that was like very royal Ooh, and regal. That you're and the like, way yeah, you could be king. Yeah. yeah, he like made eye contact with you. Right. And even though he was a child, like he he had something in him that just when you were talking to him, it made you feel important. I love that. This whole thing was a little bit of a disaster for Erasmus um, because Thomas More. Long story short, Erasmus went to visit Thomas More. Thomas More's okay. like, hey, let's walk a couple miles down the road. I'll introduce you to the Tudor children. They're pretty cool. And Erasmus is like, okay. Fucking Thomas More shows up with a gift for all of them. Didn't tell Erasmus about it. So Erasmus is like, fucking cool, dude. Like, you made me look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. In front of all the kings, like, you could have told me, you know? Yeah. And so. We could have been on the same page a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, like, here. Thomas More gives him, like, all of these writings or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, like, a huge Thomas More fan, personally, yeah. so I'm going to try so to not So it's already, it. yeah, going to be a little bit yeah, biased. I'm going to try to but, not get too nasty about yeah. it. But, and so, I don't really know much about Erasmus either, but um, Erasmus gets even more mad at Thomas More when Henry... They're all sitting at, at dinner, you know, and Henry slips a note over to Erasmus and he's like, hey, I hear you can write pretty good. I didn't get a gift from you. Why don't you write me something? 
I need something right now. Write it. Go. 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 And Erasmus, like, fucking panics. He cannot come up with a goddamn thing on the spot. He takes three fucking days to write this thing. And it is this 10-page poem in Latin about how inspiring of a future the prince had. And everyone was kind of like, about it. Yeah. Like, it was was kind of a lot. Um, But anyways, it's a little, it's a small story, but a little glimmer into his personality. He didn't say it in front of everyone. He didn't call him out in front of everyone, but he passed him a note like, hey, heard you right. Now your turn. Yep. Write, Write me something. If this is your gift, give me a gift of your gift. Yep. Meanwhile, because it never fucking ends, Emily. God. Remember, <laughs> remember in part one when I said, remember the name Pole? I do remember that. Yeah, so remember Edmund de la Pole? Yeah. He was the Earl of Suffolk. The Yorkist claimed to the throne. Mm. Fantastic. So Edmund, de, so there was John de la Pole who was killed in that battle, right? This is Edmund. So he flees England because, you know, of his Yorkist claim to the throne. Henry VII's having none of this. He's starting Mm -hmm. to execute people, which I kind of understand. And so he's like, fuck it, I've got to get out of England. So he left England for a while. He fucking comes back. And then gets scared again. And then leaves. What? <laughs> he Jesus leaves and Christ. takes his younger brother with him this Jeez, time. Okay, he's, okay. Got, he's like, we've got to fucking get out of here. It's a goddamn mess. They're back and forth all the time. Yeah. Raising armies, saying no, never mind. We're with you, Henry VII. Ah, no, 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 no. You can't fucking trust anybody. Like, it, there's people that Henry VII thought he was close to turning on him. Like, going to join these rebels. Like, it. he has... It's one of those hard lessons of, like, a king has no friends. Like, you don't know who's turning on you. So he's starting to get really secretive and closed off. Oh, God. He can't trust anybody. Yeah. Like, this is kind of why I, like, tend to give royals a break sometimes. Because, like, I have, like, stressful things come up in my life for, Mm -hmm. like, a little bit at a time and then they leave. Yeah. But, like, the way that I handled it in those two weeks, like, wrecked me, you know? Yeah. This is... Fucking always, every single day, constantly, always. Yeah. Like this is how they. How do you lived. ever just relax? Like no. you always have something to be like God. deathly afraid of, right? And like, and this is what Henry's seeing, you know. But like, I mean, you know, he's just the spare. Like it's his brother's problem, right? Yeah. So this brings us to Henry being ten years old, and his brother is betrothed to Catherine of Aragon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Isabella and Ferdinand's daughter. Right. And Henry VII needs to make a good impression on her when she first arrives. It was a really grueling journey. It had been put off for bad weather. It was just like a whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And so he really needs to make a good impression on her for her procession into London. And so who does he send but his 10-year-old son, Henry, oh, to go meet her? Okay. So he's the one that first arrives and he's the one who escorts her through this huge procession through London. He's riding side by side with her. And like, she's a little older than him. She's a teenager. She just fucking loves him. You can't help it. He's Tim, but he's so funny and charismatic and talkative and likable. And he like makes her feel like, so at ease, so at home, like his yep. Latin is great. Like everything, like everyone just loves him. You can't oh, not love, love him. Yep. Yeah. Um, Again, I'm not going to go super hard on details here because obviously we're going to talk about Catherine's whole experience here. But um, he ends up like he had such a huge role in this wedding and he was really excited about it. He ends up walking her down the aisle. 
He's dressed the same as the groom, and he is the one. The aisle is raised up in the mental in the middle of everything, and he's like, he's giving her away, walking her down the aisle, which again, fucking crazy to think about it later. But oh yeah, they oh yeah, with hindsight, yeah, you're gonna give her away and then marry her, which he he kind of brings up in that argument of like I shouldn't have married my brother's widow this is God's punishing me like I fucking walked her down the aisle and gave her to my brother and then like took her back like no that's not yeah again uh, a lot of Henry VIII's story and a lot of royals and just people from back in this time like trying to decipher these signs from God you know, like that will drive you crazy That's in and of stress. itself. Yeah, yeah. Like, even more. This stress, bad even thing happened anxiety. to me because God, like, I did this thing and He what didn't did want I do? Me to. How do I fix it? Yeah, yeah. and like, oh, it couldn't have been that oh because then God. this bad thing happened. And, like that in and of itself will drive you crazy. And that is a lot of Henry the Eighth story is trying to take these signs from God. Oh you God. know. Yeah. And so, anyways, they get married. It Henry. 10-year-old Henry is having the motherfucking time of his life at this wedding. He is the life of the fucking party. This mm-hmm. celebration is going on for like a week, right? There is, he's loving every moment of it. There's this one isolated instant of little Henry. <laughs> but like, this just melts me. He's 10 years old. And it's like, um, it's like a celebration. There's music and he's always yeah. loved music. He's a little cancer. Yeah. He's always been good at music. He is, he naturally took on to every instrument. He plays the lute flawlessly. He can compose music. He can sing. He's just very musically inclined. Gosh, so like. He's just one of those people. He's just one of those people. So the music's going. And he's the Duke of York. He's like the heir's brother. He gave the fucking bride away. Yeah, so he's a in good his day. ceremonial garb and he's dancing. But like the garb is so heavy and he's little and it's slowing him down. So he's out there on the dance floor and he just throws his expensive fucking ass cloth of gold garments like off to the side so he can dance better. And he's just like fucking getting it. And like that was not protocol or anything. Um, Henry VII and Elizabeth of York were not mad. They were just like watching on from the side being like fucking look at him go. Oh yeah. You know what? The amount amount that this boy has made us proud. Like let the little boy dance. Go in Elizabeth of York. He looks like Elizabeth of York. Oh. A lot of people all through Henry VIII's life actually will say that he reminds everyone wow. of Edward IV, his maternal grandfather. Oh, he looks okay. like him. He, he does. Like if you look at their portrait. Ooh. And so he has that that York, that personality. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth of York was personal. Um, Edward the Fourth was one of those very accessible kings. He played to the people. The people mm-hmm. liked him. Like that was Henry's. That's great. It's thing. a great thing to have. Where Henry the Seventh and Arthur. Arthur was very poised, and right? Quiet and like his back. father. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Henry, little Henry's out there, like fucking swinging his robes over his head. Hell you know? yeah, Henry. And so everyone loved him. The wedding was a great time. But again, this is not Arthur's story, so I'm going to skim over this. But four months after the wedding, Arthur dies. Oh, shit. That was fast. I didn't realize how fast that was. And that's a big deal with Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon because it was only four months. Was it consummated? Was it not? You know? It wasn't like it was years. It very well could not have been in only four months. You know? Who knows? Um, but again, that's not, that's not for this story. We'll get all into that. And that is really, I didn't realize it was that, they were that young. It went that fast. Like, yeah, no, it's rough. Okay. And so, I mean, this is a huge thing for Henry. He's the heir now. 
And God, Jesus. now he's going to see his That's dad a, a little shift. more. Yeah. yeah he, he does not know his dad. His dad does not know him. They don't fucking know each oh, other. Oh, no. Um, we'll get more into this when I talk about, like, his teenage years, you know, okay. at some point. But um, there's just not a lot of time to adjust to him now being the heir. You no, just went from is, the Duke of York to the Prince yeah. of Wales. There's no more spare. It's all over. It's just you now because... And so his, Arthur died in April 1502. In February of 1503, Elizabeth of York is going to die. Oh, no. Um, from childbirth. And oh, her no. baby Catherine, who people thought was named after Catherine of Aragon because her and Elizabeth of York were fucking tight. Oh, my God. And so they think that they named the baby after her. Oh. Um, so Elizabeth is going to die on the 11th and the little baby girl is going to die on the 14th. And Henry, Prince Henry is fucking wrecked. Yeah. Well, and she's actually like, she was like actually involved in his life too. It taught him how to read and write. She was with him a lot. Yeah. She saw him a lot. She was not an absent parent and especially not like for royals. No, and there was, ugh, I'll, I'll post a picture. There's this painting. Oh, my God. And people are pretty much all agree that it, it's Henry VII. So there is this painting, and it's it's of a scene. So there's Henry VII on a throne. Okay. Then there's Margaret and Mary sitting on the side playing with toys like on the floor. Yeah. Then there's nobles around. In the background, there is Elizabeth of York's deathbed. Oh, Jesus. And on that deathbed... <laughs> is a little boy on his knees with his head buried in his arms on that bed just sobbing and everyone's like that's him that's henry the eighth there like henry the seventh was not okay no he was he'd never be okay again this is a huge turning point the death of elizabeth of york fucking wrecked everybody like but it was so beloved so beloved and Uh. it but to see him like this portrait henry VII sitting there like life's trying to go on but in the background in the corner of this picture is her deathbed with little henry the eighth just head and arms oh i want to see that oh Oh, god yeah that's i'll post a picture that was in part one whereas like there's another moment that just like breaks my mama heart oh yeah oh my god that kills me i cannot handle it um but again this this is a big deal. So like I said, a lot of people go back to Henry VIII's female family, like right. being raised. His mother, his grandmother, Margaret Beaufort was there a lot too. His sister, the entire female staff. He was the only boy yeah. in all the mm-hmm. for a long time. And again, people really poke around at like psychological theories about, you know, sure, the way that that made him later yeah. on. Because um, we're getting ready to kind of wrap it up here. So my... No one asked. I'm going to tell you. Um, My opinion is I don't think, just personally, I don't think that he thought any differently of women that anyone else did at the time. I don't think that, like, it... Wouldn't he have thought of them more favorably? Like, if anything, right? Yeah, I I would think so. So he would, like, respect them. Yes, and, like, that... That mother figure, he was super close. Um, the um, Anne Oxenford was his wet nurse's name. Um, okay. Henry the Seventh is going to take really good care of her later and like give her all of this money because she did such a good job. And like oh, Henry the Eighth nice. is going to remember her too. Yeah, like I think that 
I don't think his viewpoint of women at this time was any different than anyone else's. I don't think, and again, this is my opinion, I don't know, but I'll go on record and say, I don't think Henry VIII had a problem with women. I think that his his way of thinking towards women was on the same wavelength that everyone else was at the time. Yeah, it wasn't a woman thing. It was just a it people was thing a, for him. And it was like... I think his big thing was trying to like these signs from God. Like, why don't I have a male heir? It's because yeah. I married my brother's wife and I should not have done and that. And now I'm being punished. Oh, okay. And now what do like, I do? And oh, then they're I'm not supposed letting me. To and, be, and, oh my God. Yeah, I'm supposed to be the head of the church. That's mm. why. That's why. Oh, wait. But then Anne didn't give me that boy either. That's a sign from God that I'm not supposed to be with her. So like, maybe that wasn't a big yeah, yeah, I, oh I don't gosh. know that it's women. The torment that you put it put yourself through yeah i think like not yeah everyone at that time kind of saw women as you know baby factories at that point yeah. like i unfortunately that's welcome to history swallow the swallow the fucking ick so i don't yep. think that he had like a different view again i'm not saying it's like a good view but like right. i don't think it was like a hatred of women of why he was shuffling through no. them. i think it was weird signs of that you know that he was trying so hard to do what he thought he was supposed exactly. to at everyone else's expense you yeah. know and also he would he was as a child and he would be as a teenager and he would be as an adult. People would say about him, be careful what ideas you put into Henry's head because you'll never get them back out again. Oh shit. Like he was one of those people. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that he thought Anne really cheated on him, but that being presented to him was convenience. And I think that he uh -huh. would believe what he wanted, you know? Like oh one yeah. He's going to make himself believe it. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So again, people yeah. like try to poke around in that female upbringing and be like, and that's why he viewed women, but he kind of viewed women the same that everyone did back then. Um, I don't know. Again, that's just me. I think his tyrannical thing came from the head injury and being yep. in chronic pain yeah. and a lot of other things. But anyways, that's just me and my past lives. Talking. I, yeah, I absolutely, I mean, from what I know that tracks, it, it seems to attract me. Yeah. But anyways, Elizabeth of York's passing had a lot of devastating consequences on the family and the nation because this was a unifying marriage. Like, it's not so unifying anymore. A lot of people were just there for the York part. They're like, yeah. oh, don't like you, Henry VII, but you married Elizabeth of York, and we love so the Yorks. And so that's better, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. but now there is no York. There's uh -oh. none of that. And this is a huge moment. This is where it all kind of starts to, like, fall apart. Right. You know? And so um, Henry will talk about his mom for the rest of his life. Um, he'll meet a friend in his teenage years who was another ruler of, yeah. of a nation and that friend will die and it's gonna like rock him too oh my god but when he writes of that <laughs> he friend dying break. no he cannot catch a break when he writes about that friend dying he says quote not never not since the death of my dearest mother hath there ever come to me more hateful news than this oh, end quote like no, i have never grief like, oh yeah that. like people die around me all the time but like no. you and my mom die and like he will never ever forget her and that's just proof that like Henry wasn't some like sociopath or psychopath who couldn't feel empathy. Like he grieved for he people grieved that for he people cared about. Sure. Yeah. And like And he cared about people. He cared a lot about people. Again, yeah. that probably was his downfall. Yeah. He, he thought he was doing things for like the greater good, but in reality he was just not realizing that he's being a tyrant. Like Oh yeah. And again, I think the in his later years, God, chronic pain will put 
oh, that will Jesus. make someone and you don't have anything. To no, help. you have oh, nothing. God. Chronic pain paired with a brain injury Ooh, paired with it's like, all a recipe it, for disaster it's all a recipe for disaster yeah. and like and then the wife thing and then like once you've like divorced few then like now it's a habit again yeah. i my goal here is not to like make anyone love henry the eighth he's like a very or justify his actions no absolutely but... not i do like sympathize with them a little bit mm-hmm. um but i understand a lot of people don't that's totally fine this is just like a this is what royal people went through in the past. Exactly. And this is what he went through. Yep. I don't know. And again, I'm going to talk about Henry VIII and all of his wives and kind of why he made some of the choices that he did. Not mm-hmm. to justify them. There is no justifying. I'm an Anne Boleyn fan. She is my favorite historical person ever, ever, ever. So yeah. no one needs to convince me that he put people to death for no fucking reason. Right. Exactly. But it wasn't. There's so much to Henry VIII and he loved really deeply. Again. And it's, God, yep. it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, people are complex and you can't just put them in one category and they fit in all aspects. Like, that's not how humans work. That's not how it works. And Mm -hmm. this was a picture-perfect prince. He had everything going for him. And I'm going to wrap up his childhood there. He is now the Prince of Wales. And this is going to be a big point of contention in his life, too, because now he's the only child the only son and henry the seventh is gonna panic he lost his heir he lost his wife he's gonna shut henry the eighth away he's gonna be shut away from everyone he's gonna be allowed outside the palace but only through a side door and only with like people surrounding him but only the same people because no one can talk to him no one can get near him it is this whole big his teenage years is a big shaping thing too because henry the seventh was scared yeah and we're, we're gonna talk about all of that later but Henry would go on in his um, early adulthood. His motto was Cour Loyal, which meant true heart. And he had this embroidered on all of his clothes. And he had the heart symbol with um, the word loyal, like written across it, which all of you who hate Henry VIII are out there scoffing right now, and that's fine. But it started like, he was so passionate and full of love and life. And like he was, it sounds weird because of the six wives and the killing people left and right. But Henry the eighth did kind of stay true to his heart. He was loyal to his own heart. And that's kind of, that's kind of not, that's kind of where things went went down a little bit. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. He was a lot more Arthur and Henry the seventh were a lot more, like Henry the Seventh's big claim to fame was he built up the royal treasury, not right. in a good way. He did it in a really shady, not great way, but he built up that royal treasury because he was thinking about that. He was thinking about like the Tudors being on the throne. He was thinking about you know right. like governing, like keeping the throne, that kind of thing. Henry the Eighth was too. However, he was not raised to be the heir, so he liked to play a little bit more. He liked to delegate people to do exactly these tasks yep. and stuff mm-hmm. and go off and do. He mm-hmm. was. He loved the joust. He loved the chivalry. He yeah. loved the the pomp and circumstance. Yeah, all of the these... glamour oh, of yeah. being a royal, rather he than did. the like minutia of mm-hmm. the day to day stuff. Yeah, he was really big into all of these ceremonies and procession. Because I mean, look at all that he went through when he was three mm-hmm. years old. You know, like he was he was all about that kind of kingship. Which yeah, there's different kinds of kings out there. You know, and that was that was that his was the type. Yeah, and so many what ifs come up in his life. That it's just oh my god! What if 
their son would have lived? What if yeah. Catherine would have convinced him that Mary was enough? What if Henry Fitzroy wouldn't have died? What if, like, uh, there's so fucking... What there's if Anne so would have had a boy? Yeah. What if, like, my God, so many things. Oh, there's so but, many ways that it could have gone and then every other alternate universe they have yeah and like oh god i'd love to know he takes so many so many hits and that paranoia that his father had he sees it all he sees all mm-hmm. of these traitors come up he sees people who were in his father's like royal cabinet turn against him and go yeah. off with these pretty like he sees all of this and he doesn't forget it and oh, it's one of those it's killer be killed and it's rough but oh, god Anyways, there's hopefully some stuff that you didn't know about the very early childhood I just of didn't Henry know Wright. a goddamn thing of that, and now yeah. I feel like like I know him so much better, and this is such great context because we don't always like need it, but you do for the full picture. You yeah, do, you do, and like the tutors is something where. You can't lightly gossip about it, not not when it comes to Maddie and not when it comes to me. I want to hear it. And so it's like, you got to get all the context. Gotta we we got to know it. Yeah, so that we can actually know these people, especially because they're so famous. Yeah. Like, they're so infamous. It's like, oh, God, yeah, you need to know so that we can add that complexity back of like, oh, right. you just like are going to put, even Anne Boleyn, like people like put her, they put Henry like in this camp of like, no, bad person, bad, bad person, all the way through. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. But it's like, oh, let's like look at how they got where they were. And right. like, There's I don't think that three-year-old is a bad kid. No. I don't think the 10-year-old's a bad kid. No. Like, I think for a long time, that wasn't like a bad kid. And that adds to the complexity of just human nature. That's the thing. It's just, it's interesting. A lot, there's so many people out there who think that Henry VIII killed all six of his wives and was just fat and miserable from day one it's like he was literally married to Catherine happily for like over 20 years yeah <laughs> like I, i'm not you know you shouldn't kill any of your wives but no it was two out of six not even half again not good the numbers aren't good but, but like again there's more yeah for sure like, but yeah, like people you know he he had a lot of promise he was hot he was young he was like doing the damn thing for a long yeah. time you know so. yeah it's a bummer that things ended up the way they did and he is fully responsible for those he actions responsible for him he those but people are complex people are complex we gotta dabble in this good before we get in the bad because it's gonna happen and it just it makes it so much more interesting rather than just do you want to read a sentence that says like king henry the eighth was the king of england he had six wives and he killed two of them and then he was died the end or do you want to know that when he was three years old he went through 52 hours of sheer fucking hell yeah jesus (laughs) like oh my god like my hell yeah. Like, and you're a three-year-old. You're three. Like, oh, you the know. way that my two-year-old, like, not even in a year. No, he couldn't. He wouldn't. Never. Or like he's a, also, a, as we've learned today, a triple Aries. So he just would Aries. fucking lose his goddamn shit. Ugh, yeah, yeah not gonna like, happen. A little three-year-old like, good on him. roar horse. Like, yeah, that's crazy. That but, is yeah. insane. And good on him. Good he's on him. A, yeah, little prince. Yeah. So cute. He's doing his best. And yeah. so, you know. Everyone in history has a story, and yeah. so there's that. I'm glad that we heard that one, and that's not even the end. There's so much more to learn. There's like, so much more. So many things to that, learn. Like so much that you know that, like, oh, you're just gonna dump all your wisdom we're on dump us. I'm so excited, it on everyone. But and I'm, now we're gonna dump some fresh 
a fresh cup on you. We're going to dump a hot fresh cup on you, and I am going to... We have to stop talking about, like, dumping things, and, like, we did that at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Blow my meat all over you. Blowing and dumping? We got to be done with that. I w- and I'll take a break from the tutors for a little bit, I mm-hmm. promise. And then we'll... Boo. We'll do something else. But I have no idea where to go from here, actually. I'm so, we'll so excited to see where you end up taking oh, it. Oh, but yes. happy birthday, Henry. Happy birthday, Henry, and happy cancer season, you Ooh, lovers. yay, happy cancer season. Ugh, and Love get on, me a cancer. Get on Patreon to hear about the Zodiac behind Woo-hoo! cancers. Yes, oh, yes. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Bye. All right, it's time for a fresh cup. It's yeah. me again. Uh-oh. Yay! <laughs> oh, well, I found one, and it's um on a Reddit thread. Is that how you say it? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Subreddit. <laughs> Subreddit. There it is. Called Ask Women. And it oh, says, okay. what is the absolute best piece of gossip you have ever heard? Like ever. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's so I'm going to read um, two of them. Oh, okay. Because um, one of them has like the comments on it. I, I haven't read any of them, but okay. the comments are like, fucking what the hell was this? Okay. But Ooh. we're going to start with this one just to dip our toes. Okay. So. Um, the, the username or handle or mm-hmm. fucking whatever with Reddit is brown-eyed doggo. Oh, so cute. I'm already there. brown-eyed pup. So I had a roommate in college that was trying to get into modeling. She met a military guy and convinced him to buy her giant boobies within like a week. Mm, nice. Good for you. Yeah. She moved out <laughs> shortly after the surgery and I never talked to her again. Oh, damn. I stayed at the She same... got her boobies and ran. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She got the boobies and her ticket out. I stayed at the same house for a few more years and one day a cop comes knocking looking for her. Oh, shit. I should read these beforehand, maybe. Turns out after the surgery, she ghosted the military guy and changed her phone number. Her moving out was so he couldn't track her down for the booby money. I imagine <gasps> the military guy was trying to sue her or something. Oh, I never she was really... supposed to pay him back. <laughs> yeah. oh, I never shit. really liked her, but it always makes me smile thinking about the absurdity of this story. That is so fucking oh, wild. That's good. Yeah, that gossip. one is funny. Okay. Oh, I was worried that like she's going to be missing or something. Oh my God, but, no. Yeah, no. No, no, she just fucking goes. Don't buy someone boobies before you see the money. Yeah, no. And like after you've been with them for like a week, are you like, no, bad choices, bad choices. And hopefully you learned $30,000 later. I actually don't know how much boob jobs cost. Yeah. How much does a boob job cost? I don't know. Not that much, right? Depends on who you go to, I guess. Um, 30,000 now sounds like a lot now that I say it. I don't know. 10, 15? 10, 15. I don't know. I'm like no help because I don't know how to read it. And the super cool one that I was going to read to you where everyone was losing their mind on the comments literally disappeared. Like in front of my eyes. It I think I away. could probably get it back. Okay. It was the, it was literally the next it does one that down. Sometimes. Yeah. It was literally the next one down from that one and it's gone. Fruit Brat? That one? Yes. Thank okay. you. Okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I have no idea. I feel like a boob job is like more affordable now than it was back then, right? And then there's like different types now. Yeah. So, like you can do like the saline or how do you the like silicone? Yeah. How do you like disappear that hard? Like, do you not have like family? Like, yeah. did you? You oh just used God. a fake name for like Could the have. surgery too? I guess like. How, yeah, but you can't, like, you can't, though, uh, yeah, right? uh, like, yeah, they you gotta show your ID. ID. Wow. 
So she just like has no ties. She's able to just like drop everything and fucking go. I mean, they were able to like. No, they weren't able to track her down at all, huh? Because the cops were trying to and they hadn't. Damn. What an absolute enigma. She's just thriving out there with her boobs and the cops on her tail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with the cops on her tail. She didn't care. She got yeah, no, she got her boobs. Oh, man. You go, girl, wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's like the super wild, crazy one, I guess. We'll see. There's apparently a twist. I don't know. Okay. Okay. It's long. As a hairstylist, I hear a Ew. lot of crazy gossip. Yes, uh, girl. You know that hairstylists uh. and eyelash technicians mm. every time i go to my eyelash girl i sit down and i'm like you want to hear some gossip like no one ever bribe my <laughs> eyelash technician <laughs> about my life because like she knows everything because you close your eyes and suddenly you can just say anything yeah right <laughs> yeah. So yeah yeah i know it yeah. oh man Ooh. okay she needs to write a book already oh my god yeah sometimes i'll get a client and they'll refer to their sibling or a parent or some other relative I just have to pretend I don't know shit when they start telling me gossip about other clients. It's wild. (laughs) A friend slash client of mine referred to her aunt, and she was very comfortable telling me a lot of her personal business. Aunt wouldn't stop telling me how much she hates her son-in-law and vice versa. Mm -hmm. They despise each other. Her and her daughter are very close, and I was thinking maybe she's just an overbearing and overprotective mother. Yeah. She then refers her daughter to me. I don't tell her anything her mom says to me. Well, I would fucking quiet confidentiality. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Erica, girl who does my hair, are you listening to me? You don't fucking tell anyone anything ever that I tell you. No one say anything. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, keep it to your damn self. Oh, man. Do they take an oath? I feel like they do. Right? Like, is this like a lawyer or a doctor? Can (laughs) we apply HIPAA to this situation, please? Thank you. I don't tell her anything her mom says to me. Daughter tells me that her husband cheated on her before... So she knows. Well, wait, say that again. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Repeat that. Her, her and her daughter are very close. I was thinking maybe she's just overbearing and overprotective. Then she refers her daughter to me. I don't tell her anything that her mom says to me. Daughter tells me that her husband cheated on her before. Okay. So she's just mentally checked out of their marriage. Oh, yeah. Okay. She knows he lies and says he's staying late for work when he's actually just seeing some other girls. Where is he? Let me go talk to him, daughter. Because what the fuck is this? Why not just End divorce him? Yeah. Money? I Maybe? Just, I feel like if you're unfaithful, just also, get like, your ducks in a row. Yeah, depending on what state, get like, get some PI. proof that yeah. he's cheating. And then you're really there gonna, you go. like, get out of that like a bandit. And get a PI on his dime. Oh, Take my him gosh. down with his own money. Yes. Fuck this guy. Yes. Um, she doesn't care anymore. She stays for the kids. There it is. Um, the kids are not benefiting from this. Bits. No, they are absolutely not. You no. should not. Because of this, her mom hates him and tries to keep the kids away from their dad. She takes care of the kids when the daughter works because the husband won't show up to pick up the kids just to avoid seeing her, to avoid seeing the mom. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. That's, that sounds like right where the mom wants to be. Yeah. Actually. So fast forward a couple weeks later. We cycle back to my friend who originally referred them to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. She asked me how the appointment went. I said, good. I was vague about it. I just said that it seems like they're going through a lot. She then spills the beans. Long story short, the woman that the daughter's husband was having... The woman that the daughter's husband was having an affair with? (gasps) 
What? Wait, wait, say it, say it, say it. What is it? <laughs> I don't know if I understand. You're going to have to explain it to me. Okay. The, okay, she spills means the woman the that record. the daughter's... Okay, the woman that the daughter's husband uh-huh. was having an affair with... The homewrecker. Got uh-huh. it. Is her, the client's, own mother. What? What? Whoa. Whoa. Wait, whoa, whoa. 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 <laughs> right? Whoa. I'm just reading the words. That's what it says, right? Yeah. Okay. Wait, wait. wait. What is the original relationship okay. between the client? This was her aunt, correct? This was her aunt. It's the aunt. <gasps> A friend client of mine referred her aunt and was comfortable telling me a lot of her business. So this is the his aunt wife's wife stopped aunt. telling me how much she hates her son-in-law and vice versa. Okay, wait, explain it to me. I'm like, what? Okay, so there's there's two daughters. Okay. There's daughters and their mothers. They are cousins. Yes. Their mothers are sisters, maybe. Okay, um, yeah. And so the client mm-hmm. and then the one yeah. whose husband is cheating on her. Okay, yeah. Husband is cheating on yeah. her. With that one's mine. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. her own yeah. aunt. Okay. Oh, God. I needed, like, OG you to Klein's do mom, the, aunt. the Brady Bunch boxes with your fingers. Now <laughs> yeah. I get it. Now I get it. Ah! <laughs> Woo! He, he cut things off with her, and now she hates him and makes his life difficult. The daughter oh. doesn't know. The mother's husband knows she's had an affair, but doesn't know what's with the son-in-law. Several people in the family know, but no one's telling them it's a fucking mess. And that's the whole post. That's the oh whole post. Oh my god. <laughs> <gasps> the comments. I was not expecting that twist at the end. Holy shit. Okay, that was a bombshell. Holy shit. Write a script. I've watched this hot mess. Oh my god. These are bold and beautiful levels of fuckery I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> that is amazing. Please save this post because you know there's got to be more comments. Right? That we want to go through. Like, further responses. Whoa. Oh my god. That's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. Her, you're cheating on her, your wife with your wife's aunt. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm just still sitting here, I'm like still processing, picturing that wall. Like, and the fucking the poor hairdresser is just sitting there, like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on, you guys? And like, she has it. Think of her notes. She has like, you know, the hair colors and dye and processing time she's using. And then in the fucking margin, she's like, this person doesn't know this. This oh person's sleeping gosh, with whatever. Yes. That she doesn't know she this to person's keep track of all yeah. of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Ew. Oh, my gosh. I swear to God, though, like, my my hairdressers, like, one of my most recent ones, she still love her. But she, um, I went to high school with her. And she was the one giving me the tea on my own family. Oh. She's like, did you know that, like, your cousin got into some, like, legal trouble, like, got pistol whipped or whatever? And I was like, I did not. Yeah. That makes sense for him. But, of course, she knows because but hairdressers she did, Because hairs, hairdressers fucking know. They know, they know and she I probably think. heard from one of her other clients. I don't know. Yeah. And then, yeah, my other hair, my main hairdresser now, she um, used to be my manager back when I worked at Dutch Bros. 
And so she has all the tea too. Well, I'm like, oh tea. my god, you, you guys, I love this. Yeah, Thank you, you can't so not much. have the tea. No, it's yeah. so oh god. The hairdressers, they know where it's at, and eyelash technicians too, mm-hmm. and probably and nail as technicians. I, say, I, I don't get my eyelashes done, but I used to get my nails done. Mm-hmm. And nail girls. Have I all the think tea. eyelashes are probably the most prolific gossip dealers mm-hmm. because you, yeah when you close your eyes there's, there's something, something about, about that yeah mm-hmm. it's like when you're in your car like you'll oh, yeah. sit there and pick your nose like there's not 400 people uh-huh. sitting next to you yeah because if you're i in close your car. my eyes and yeah, i can't exists. see her i can tell her anything yeah you're here it all comes here comes a word vomit and there it goes no it's actual vomit yeah it's actual Okay, All right, well, well that's there it. Yeah. That. There's moment. Hide your ants. Hide your ants. Bye. It all over me. All no. over my chest. No, go ahead. <laughs> right all over my stomach. Gross. Blow your meat uh, all over. <laughs> Blow your meat. <laughs> oh, Ew. Ew. Oh my god. Ew, I love Scream it. Stop it. I love it. If I 